Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access. with head coach Bruce Arians. Fun ball at the 25, 20, 15, 10, Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, coach, I know not the not the game you expected or hoped for or wanted. Um, was it a little bit more about what the Saints did or what you guys didn't do according to the plan that you had for the game? I think it was more what we didn't do. Uh, obviously, it was by far not our best performance. And uh, I give the Saints credit. They played extremely well. We, we played extremely poor. What would you say is the proper way to react to a game like this? Is it thinking, okay, this is just a one-game fluke, it was so inconsistent with everything else we've been doing, or does it make you say we need to go back to the drawing board and change some things? No, you 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 believe in your process, and uh, you know that was the thing that was frustrating is that we had such great weeks of practice the last few weeks, and uh, it didn't take it, it didn't carry over to the game, and uh, figure out why and uh, continue practicing well, meeting well, and. Um, Hopefully it shows up on Sunday. And I know, especially offensively, early in the game, starting out slow, four straight three and outs. What was it offensively, particularly early in the game, that they got you guys off to that slow start? Well, the first one was just we had an easy third down completion. We didn't, we don't hit it. Um, then we get the penalty on the holding play and uh, don't overcome that one. But just we just were poor execution, uh, first and second down, and um, and then they were they were keeping the ball. So it was a, it was a matter of us pressing real fast, you know, when you're down 21 nothing quick uh, because you're not moving the ball offensively, um, it, it adds to the, the pressure of making first downs, and, uh, and we didn't handle it very well. It seems like there have been a few games where there's a bit of a slower start offensively or at least even just, you know, three and out to begin with, and then the other team gets a score and, and it changes up your, your game plan a little bit of what you want to be doing. Um, have you guys been able to figure out anything that has been a little bit consistent to know why some of these slow starts have happened? They've all been in night games. And uh, night games, for whatever reason, um, you know, it's been a three out and a touchdown for the other team. Uh, the other two games were closer games. This one – um, it was a really good football team, and you can't do those things. And, uh, you know, the turnovers and uh, everything else. But uh, I think it's just something we'll have to go back and look at it on our schedules and uh, and how we're preparing for night ball games. Do you think it is the, the time of day that it is a night game or something about the idea of it being prime time and sort of the um, added attention to that? Is, is there any way, do you think, for you to, to figure out what might be the, the common thread there? I think it's a combination of both. Um, excitement, the... Uh, I don't know if we're losing adrenaline during the day thinking about it or if we're just um, not getting prepared properly uh, the 24 hours of the game day. And I know that in those games where even when you were off to a bit of a slower start offensively, it seemed like the defense was able to force a turnover or make a big play that was able to kind of jumpstart things. And there were a couple of those plays uh, Sunday night, but it didn't seem like it had the same jump start effect. Could you tell what the difference was there of why, you know, one of those forced t- turnovers didn't seem to have the same effect as it has had in some other games? No, it's a little bit different when you get it at the 50 or going in and getting it on your one coming out, but it was a great turnover. Defense did a great job of, of getting the ball out. Uh, then we had really the probably the worst series, those three plays on the goal line. We had two mental errors in, those two, in, in our first two plays, 
and uh, and it led to a poor third down play. So then a short punt, and and they get a touchdown. So uh, that turn of events was huge in the ball game. And what does it seem to be about the Saints, uh, where they're so good at causing Brady to throw some interceptions? When you know before uh, Sunday night's game, he hadn't thrown one in I think five games. Well, I really, I mean, one was just a fourth down throwing it up in the air. Um, the other was a tip screen pass. He really only threw, to me, he only threw one interception poor, and that was the one down the sideline to AB. But uh, you know, the tip screen pass, those those kind of help. They 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 hurt you, but. Uh, just get it up a little higher because it was going to be a big play, but uh, it's not like he was thrown into coverage and those type of things. What did you see as Brady's reaction to that game? We know what a competitor he is. We know he's not afraid to get on teammates, get on himself. Um, what has his reaction been either during the game or after the game? And how do you see him handling it as a leader on the team and, and the way to get things turned around and make sure it doesn't last throughout the week? He handles himself perfectly. I think he handled the press great and, uh, you know, got, got ready back in the building Monday look at the film and, and learn from the mistakes and get better. And for you as a coach, you and, and the rest of your staff, um, what is the message that you're going to be having to try to make sure it doesn't carry over? What is essentially your role in that aspect to make sure that the mental side of the team is able to move on from it? It's a 24-hour rule. It's always the same, whether you win or lose. You win by 30, you lose by 30. Um, you, get, you get 24 hours to look at the tape, grade it, and then you have to go on to the next game. What did you think of the protection uh, for, for Brady that I, I know that, of course, it was not the normal game plan of getting to have some more balance with the run game and he was having to throw a lot. Um, what did you think of the protection that the offensive line was able to give him? I thought the right side was pretty solid. The left side was very poor. And, uh, you know, we got, we got bull rush too much on the left side. And, uh, you know, again, losing your game plan that early, um, we probably could have run it a few more times because we had a little bit of success and, uh, but um, it's just, it was not a it was not the left side's best day. And what did you see from Joe Haig and his ability to step in for Alley? Joe, he was okay until then. Uh, once it got to known passing situations, he struggled a little bit. And you know, we we mentioned the idea of of not getting the run game going as much. But I know that um, Rojo and Leonard Fournette, you know, combined for nine catches, which was more than any other two guys combined. Uh, what was working in terms of getting them involved in the pass game and what was kind of the motivation behind using them in that way once the run game was taken away a bit? It's just check downs. I mean, they were the, they were the third, fourth options. They were sinking deep zones and just throw it to the backs of the big place. And take us through uh, Shaq's sack fumble and, and that play and, and what worked for him on that. Yeah, I mean, he was getting, he's been close, close, close uh, last three or four ball games and uh, you know, beat his guy clean, got got the hand on the quarterback's arm. This time it wasn't a, a forward pass, it was a fumble. Mike did a great job, Edwards, of picking it up and, and running with it. And then offensively, we just fizzled at the one-yard line. Mike Edwards must just have, I don't know, like a deal with the devil or something, that he is always the beneficiary of a lot of these big plays and, and just around the ball, whether it's somebody else tipping and he gets an interception or getting interceptions himself, recovering this fumble. I mean, are these things coincidences, or is, is he just – been doing such a good job of getting himself in the right position. Oh, Mike, Mike's a ball hawk. He's always around the football. And you guys are second in the league right now in sacks with that one from, from Shaq. And what has just been working so well in that area of the game, but then also why is Breeze maybe a little bit harder to get down in that area? Well, yeah, the Shaq and JPP have been getting great pressure, and, and so has Devin and Levante inside. Um, they throw the ball quick, although, you know, we got we got him off his spot a few times, but Drew was really good at moving in the pocket this game and still being accurate down the field. Uh, we got him off the spot, but he was still hitting guys. He he played a great game. 
Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, Jordan Whitehead had his first career forced fumble. Uh, Take us through that play and and what went well for him and and overall just his play in recent games. Yeah, Jordan's always around the football. I mean, he throws his face in there and um, one of our best run players, um, you know, got down and stripped the ball out and, uh, you know, hit good group tackling on that play and, and Jordan got the ball out. And speaking of a ball hawk, Levante David uh, got another fumble recovery, 16 since he has entered the league, which is the most in the NFL in that time. Why would you say he has, in your time coaching him, are you are you surprised to find out he's leading that in the entire league? And, and if not, tell us why. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all because, you know, he's either tackling the guy causing a fumble or he's right, right there uh, getting the ball out. And uh, normally he gets the ball out and recovers it himself. So uh, he's, uh, he does an unbelievable job of that. It does seem like there were a couple times uh, leading right up to the snap that he was frantically trying to communicate something with the defense. Either people were in the wrong position or he was trying to point something out. Uh, do you know what was happening on some of those? It was, was communication on the defensive side of things an, an issue on Sunday? Yes, it was. Um, it was between the safeties and the linebackers. We had, we had probably the worst communication we've had all year, and it really wasn't that complicated of a game plan. That's one of the things that was so frustrating because – they really didn't do anything we didn't practice, and uh, we just didn't handle it very well on Sunday night. Have you been able to talk with those guys to figure out why that might be? Because I know that that is an area that had been improved so much and in, in getting to go into Todd Bowles' second year with the scheme and these young guys learning so much. Uh, have you been able to figure out why this game in particular might have caused some issues there? Uh, it's a little bit of panic, I think. That was uh, and that, and just some mis- miscommunication. We gave up a touchdown and didn't cover a guy, and uh, we made the wrong call to a three-man side that's normally a two-man side. and uh, So those things just can't happen. And, of course, you know, we know Drew Brees and, and how good he has been and how, how well he's playing this year as well. What was it in this game in particular that allowed him to have the kind of numbers that he did and especially touchdowns? Yeah, it was really accurate. Like I said, he moved around in the pocket. We got him off the spot a bunch, and uh, he just continued to move around and, and find guys in uh, short, deep, everywhere. And how about Taysom Hill? I mean, he he ran, he threw, he caught, he he did a lot of different things. How how challenging is he to game plan for, and uh, how was he able to be pretty successful? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a unique package uh, when you have Drew out wide, and it, it really takes up an extra um, defender, and then the quarterback is we're running quarterback running plays, and uh, you know he's a, he's a, he's a big powerful guy, and. Uh, they were running the quarterback power and having success with it. We just didn't squeeze it tight enough and and uh, and fill the gaps. And uh, but he's he's he can also throw. That's the that's the big thing. You can't just go all out wildcat because it's not a running back. He is a quarterback. Um, Alvin Kamara, we know always a challenge. You had leading up to the game talked about how you felt like he was an even more talented version of Marshall Falk in some ways. Uh, how did you feel like your guys were able to contain him and, and hold him in that game? Yeah, I thought we did another really good job. I mean, we, we missed a gap uh, on the one run. He got like 17 yards. Other than that, he was contained pretty good all night. Chris Godwin, I mean, man, we've known he's tough. We've, we've seen that. But playing after just missing one week with a broken finger, I think playing with pins in his finger, I heard, and still managed to have, you know, three catches for 41 yards. Do you feel like you learned even more about who Chris Godwin is as a player? No, I already knew how tough he was. And, uh, I mean, he's it means it means so much to him to be out there with his teammates and, and give everything he's got. And that's that's uh, that does not surprise me one bit. And did you see that it changed um, things for the offense having him out there, even if he wasn't going to get quite as many, you know, catches or yards as he would if he was completely 
healthy, um, just his presence out there and, and what it did for the offense and the way that the Saints had to guard him? It, it gave us another great option. And uh, that that was the thing that when you have those three guys out there, and I thought Tyler Johnson played really well too. Uh, but uh, Chris is a unique player and the way he can play inside, outside, and, and block and do all the things that he does. And first game for Antonio Brown, um, I wanted to hear how you felt like he did. You know, he had five targets, three catches, 31 yards. I know one of his catches in particular was a pretty pretty impressive snag, it seems. Um, you know, a couple of his catches were for first downs. How did you feel like his performance was and, and what he potentially added to the offense? Yeah, I thought, I thought A.B. came in and, and played really, really solid. Uh, it was his pitch count was a little higher than we, we anticipated, but we tried to go two minute early in the ball game just to get some life. And uh, so his pitch count was up a little bit, but he he handled it really really well. And how did you see in his in his preparation leading up to the game? You know the kind of chemistry he already has with Brady and the way that he interacted with maybe some of the other wide receivers. His picking up of the playbook. How would you just evaluate overall the last week or so of getting him ready? Yeah, he did everything he needed to do to play well in that ball game, and. Uh, you know, the guys embraced him. They all helped him. And, uh, you know, nobody works any harder than him on the practice field. So that was easy. Do you think that maybe this next week he could have an even higher pitch count, as you sort of referred to it, that now that he's got a game under his belt in another week, do you see that it could already be an expanded role a little bit? Uh, we'll see. I don't I don't really hope. I'm hoping that we're not throwing the ball that much uh, this next week. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, his pitch count goes down. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. And it seemed like uh, there were some misconnections with Gronk and uh, just not able to really get him uh, the ball in some of those same situations, maybe overthrown once or twice. Uh, what was going on with him and, and why he and Brady weren't able to connect a little bit more in that game? And just the way they were playing it. I mean, we don't we don't design plays for anybody. You come out, you read your coverages, and, and you deliver the football. But, uh, you know, the, the big one was the drop in the end zone. I, th- I thought he'd make that catch for sure. And uh, he had another couple go off his fingertips. But... Uh, yeah, just one of those ball games. Yeah, those uh, missed opportunities in the end zone, that was part of that goal-to-go situation that broke the streak of 22 straight touchdowns there. Um, what was the, the particular struggle in that drive to, to break that streak and, and why that goal-to-go situation seemed to be a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, Mike, we, we tried to th- throw some fades to Mike, and Marshawn Lattimore did a good job of jumping outside and taking it away. And, uh, you know, then we ran the football, did not have the success we needed to, and then we dropped the touchdown pass. You know, it was almost halftime before Mike had a target, I think, and then he still ended up leading the team in yards. So what was sort of the first to second half difference there with him? And, and then why is Marshawn Lattimore always so good at, at having him covered and, and seeming to have his number sometimes? Now, Mike was open a lot. He just didn't get the football and it did, it did, the way he distributed it. But uh, Mike did. Mike was open. He had a heck of a ball game. He should have had more targets. What were your messages for the team at halftime and then after the game? And, and how much was it you giving the message? And I know sometimes players can be the ones that kind of step in to try to give a message as well. How, how was that all sort of distributed and what were you wanting to convey to them? They just had something good happen and, and we did and we, we didn't convert. I think, you know, we, we got the fumble, we run it down there, we get a first and goal at the one. I think if we get the touchdown right there, it's a, it's a different ball game. And I think the, the, the wind just came totally out of the sails when we don't score that touchdown. And speaking of wind, it was uh, very windy and, and swirling and kind of gusting at times, a, a light rain throughout the game. Uh, when you're having to throw so much, did it seem like that was a, a factor in, in some of the maybe misconnections with some of the guys or, or missed opportunities? I don't think so. It's been really, really windy every home game this year. So uh, it actually wasn't as windy as it was the last time we were at home.
Casey Phillips with head coach Bruce Arians looking ahead to that Panthers matchup. Um, you know, we talked before the Saints game about, oh, how are the Bucks different? How are the Saints different from that first matchup? Um, similar question for for the Panthers. How do you feel like they have grown and changed? I mean, they, they took a Chiefs team that we all know how impressive they are all the way down to the wire. They The last three ball games for them have gone down to the wire. I think Matt Rule's doing a great job getting that team prepared. Um, you know, they're, they're learning each other for a first year. They play really, really hard. Uh, they're really, really sound. Uh, but, um, you know, they had a long field goal to beat the Saints. They had a long field goal for the Chiefs. And, uh, and Matt Ryan actually took a, ran, ran the ball in, uh, to beat the Fal- for the Falcons to win the ball game. So, uh, they've been in every ball game really, really close. And, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a handful. And how have you seen Teddy Bridgewater uh, grow as an individual player and then also sort of his command of the offense and as they have gotten that figured out of his strengths and his weaknesses and what works well for them? Yeah, I think that Teddy came in knowing the offense. You know, he and Joe Brady had worked together, and uh, that part of it was very, very – I think the guys around him have started playing so much better offensive line, the wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, Teddy's been, he'd been spot on the whole, the whole time. We don't really know what Christian McCaffrey's status is going to be, that he had finally come back this last week. And I was thinking that it had seemed like some um, interesting timing that, you know, both the Saints and the Panthers are getting some of their big weapons back just in time to play the Buccaneers. Um, but now Christian McCaffrey seems to have had a bit of a shoulder injury. So his availability or not, what do you feel like you guys have learned about preparing for him and then how he in or out really how much that can change their offense, whether or not they have him. Well, Davis has been running the ball and catching it at a a great rate. I mean, the guy's running really hard. He's a heck of a back too, and he can catch the football. He's a heck of a pass blocker. Uh, Christian is, is is a very special guy. So, uh, you know, we'll wait, wait and see. We've had some success against him, uh, but it's going to take a great job by our entire linebackers to, to handle him. And how about their defense? What have you seen from the fact that you know, this, this has been a group that's had to really kind of rebuild, restock this year? And, and what have you learned from their performance and how it's grown maybe since our first matchup? Yeah, they've, they've stayed pretty healthy. And uh, Phil Snow does a great job with their defense. Burns, a uh, young man out of, out of Florida State, is a tremendous pass rusher and is, is applying. He's getting better and better. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Bruce Arian Show. Thanks so much for being with us, Coach. Thank you, as always, and good luck this next week. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians, brought to you by Advent Health. We will be right back with wide receivers coach Kevin Garver, so don't go anywhere. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians with us the first half of the show, and now I am very excited to be joined by wide receivers coach Kevin Garver. Kevin, thanks for being with us. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, So I know that, of course, that is not how you guys thought the game was going to go, not how you wanted, expected, any of those things. Um, As a coach now, what is your strategy for helping the team learn from it, but also move on? What's what's sort of the way that you appropriately handle the mental side of it when it's a, a pretty devastating loss like that? Uh, it's a, definitely a, a tough loss for us, tough night. Uh, you know, things didn't go our way uh, really throughout the whole game. Uh, but I think this great moment for us to uh, learn as a team. Uh, really my message to, to uh, my group was, you know, really you learn this in life too. It's not uh, – it's not what happens to you, but it's about how you respond to it. So I think that's going to be our approach. Uh, really got a lot of great guys on this team, uh, a lot of great guys, veteran guys, 
uh, leaders on this team. So uh, really going to depend on them uh, moving forward and, and really expect to come back on Wednesday and, and uh, get back to work. And speaking of one of those veteran leaders, Mike Evans, um, you know, he didn't seem to have a target until almost halftime, but then still ended up leading the team with 64 yards. What worked and didn't work, especially kind of first half versus second half and just the overall game plan for him? You know, one of the big things we talk about in our room is uh, controlling what you can control. There's one ball and uh, we got a lot of talent on this team, uh, a lot of guys that can make plays. Uh, and you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know when your time's going to come. But you got to stay ready uh, for whenever that time does come. Uh, Mike didn't get his opportunities to a little bit later in the game. I uh, felt like he made the most of, of those opportunities. Uh, so really, that's going to be our mindset for you know moving forward. And, and it, you know each each guy's mindset. That's what it's got to be. Uh, you know teams do different things, play different coverages. Uh, some guys are going to get double team. Sometimes they might play, a, you know, a cover two where there's some type of uh, guy that's uh, high, guy that's low. They, they can't control what the defense is going to do. Uh, we're going to keep putting guys in the best position to make plays. Um, but like I said, there's one ball to go around, so we just got to stay locked in. There's four quarters in a game, so we'll be ready to rock and roll. What are the ways that you work with uh, either B.A. or you know, Byron Lefwich and figuring out what those game plans are? Because I know Bruce has mentioned in a couple of press conferences the idea of trying to move Mike around to get him some different opportunities. So what, what is sort of the, the way that you guys all work together and, and some of those options that you've been trying or still want to try to make sure all of your guys are, are put in the best situations? Yeah, we game plan, um, you know, starting Monday, we, we put the, uh, the game to bed that we, we had played. Uh, start game planning for you know the next opponent. Uh, spend time on that third. I mean uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays, uh, and that's a big piece in it. You know we got different personnel groupings. We have different formations. I think if you go back and watch the game, you know we move guys all around. Uh, we're in stacks. We're in bunches. We're lined outside, inside. Uh, that's all a part of the game plan. Moving guys around, uh, really kind of forcing the defense. Uh, you know, to to make those adjustments to us. Uh, so it definitely goes into it uh, week in and week out. How impressed were you with Chris Godwin basically just missing one week after having a broken finger, playing with pins in his finger, I believe, and still coming away with three catches for 41 yards? I mean, explain to people how incredible what he did was. Yeah, toughness, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, that's a, that's a tough guy right there. Uh, not a lot of guys... Uh, are going to be willing to do that, uh, but I think that that's really his makeup, his mindset. I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure, you know, when I heard that he was going to have the surgery and, you know, had, you know, have done what what was done to him. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to be back so fast. Uh, but, you know, when I talked to him the day after, he was showing me his finger and he was already trying to get some movement in it, and uh, so I knew that he was going to be ready to go. Uh, we'll just keep, you know, growing and and. Uh, keep progressing with them and, and can't wait to see when he is full, full strength with that, you know, and, and for a receiver, it's, it's, that's a tough place uh, to deal with an injury, right? I mean, you, what you get paid to do is catch the ball. Uh, so you, you know, you, you're in tough situations. Uh, but I thought that uh, he really, he really had a good game, really pushed through it. Um, so like I said, just looking forward to him, just keep progressing. 
I know I don't know as much about wide receivers as you, but fingers do seem important. So yes, that, that is a that is a yeah. very fair statement. Um, I would have been on the IR just from having to look at his fingers the way he showed you. So yeah, incredibly impressed by his toughness there for sure. Um, I, I know the the beginning of the game, especially, had a bit of a slow start, and it, it, it seems like there's been a bit of a pattern of of maybe not being able to come out as hot as you guys would like, getting a little bit behind. I know this was obviously an extreme example, going three and out four times in a row, but what has sort of been the struggle with starting fast offensively and what are some of the ways that you guys can maybe try to, to turn that around a bit? Going into the game, I mean, no one wants to be in third and long situations, right? So we really want to stay on schedule. Uh, we, want to, we want to have positive plays, uh, whether that's the run or the pass. You know, as long as we're moving forward, uh, that's our goal. Um, want to eliminate the penalties um, that's a that's a, a goal of ours going into every game. So I think we just got to do a better job of of staying on schedule, you know, creating positive plays, eliminating the penalties, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to do moving forward. We're talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Tell us about getting Antonio Brown ready. What goes into that when it's a guy that comes in has very little time to be around the team before he's thrown into it? I mean. Maybe you guys got some practice at that with the weird off season this year where a lot of people were thrown into the fire without a lot of reps. But uh, for you as his position coach, what were the biggest challenges with that and the biggest goals with getting him ready? The first thing, um, he had a lot of experience uh, in a similar type offense at Pittsburgh. So I think that helped a little bit in the transition. B.A. being his coordinator's first year, there's some things uh, that they were doing uh, just from a terminology standpoint that, that still carry over uh, to some degree. So I think there was uh, a little bit of a, a, an understanding going into it, which definitely helps, especially in short notice, short week. And then I think I really commend him because uh, he really put a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, you know, since really the moment that he got here, he couldn't practice with us, uh, but we could meet. And uh, so we had a a lot of early morning meetings, afternoon meetings, uh, meetings with L, phone calls. I mean, just a lot of extra time. I'm sure he had a lot of extra meetings with uh, Tom also going into it. And then really that carried over uh, going into to this week. Uh, so I, I really think he did a good job of handling those. A lot of extra walkthroughs. Uh, so really just trying to catch him up as best as, as we could um, going into it. And, and I think, you know, after the film review, uh, he really handled those things pretty well. I mean, he really did, uh, was able to, to execute fast. A couple little things to clean up, but, you know, really, really expected, uh, expected that to some degree coming in uh, on a short notice. And tell us about his skill set. I mean, of course, people have watched him in the NFL for years, but you as his coach, when you get a chance to now have this at your disposal, what gets you excited about that? What are the things that he brings that, that maybe it would be harder for just the naked eye to see uh, when you're watching a game on Sunday? Yeah, I think the thing that people wouldn't see is his work ethic and, and how much time he puts into uh, his craft. Um, you know, his first week here, he was able to spend time with his strength coaches and, and uh, was really getting after it with them. And, and really his approach to even that was to be more of a game-like type of thing. So he was running routes and in and out of the huddle and lining up in formations and all those uh all those type of things to try to get ready. So it was really just more of a putting himself in the mindset to play uh, and then even getting on the jugs machine. I mean, uh, I kind of laughed at this, but he told me he wanted to get on the jugs until his hands cramped up. So 
that's that's his approach to it. I mean, that that's how important it is to him. Um, and then I think you see it, right? I mean, he, I think he has a God-given uh, ability, but I think that he tries to maximize that uh, and, and use that in his advantage. But, you know, he, he, he runs very well. He's quick. He's got great hands. He knows how to release. He knows how to stack defenders. Uh, so you see all those things. But there's been a lot of work that's been put into that. And how does he change the dynamic now of all of your other wide receivers and just the way that you might use everybody, his skill set compared to some of the other guys? You know, how, how does that all kind of work together now in the way that it could shift some of that? Yeah, we, uh, we have a great room, great room, really talented room. And I think each one of these guys brings something different to the table. Um, you know, Mike's a, a bigger, longer guy that has ability to run, right? Chris is... Uh, been playing a lot more on the inside for us. He's got some size to him. He's got the ability to run. Uh, Antonio's, you know, he's he's playing Z for us. He's got ability to run. So when you put three guys on the field that have ability to run, you know, it can put defenses in tough situations and, and really kind of forces them uh, to make a decision on how they're going to play us. You know, there were certain times, you know, when, when, when we had guys missing and, and Mike was the only one playing, um, you know, defenses – tried to do certain things to us. And, and so I think when you have uh, the team that we have, you have the offensive players, the skilled players that we have, um, I think it, like I said, I think it can put defenses in, in tough spots. Yeah, and I think that it's, you know, wide receivers maybe sometimes get the, you know, stereotype about them that there's a little bit of selfishness or counting how many balls they get. But this room, that does not seem to be, a factor that that was something I saw fans and people asking of, Oh, when they add Antonio Brown or are guys going to get jealous or guys going to, you know, whatever, is it going to mess with the, dis- the disrupt the room? And um, I think it sounds like from what you're saying, that's, that's not a problem. Really. They've all responded. Well, you know, the first thing is every receiver wants the ball, every play. So that's, that's every receiver everywhere, right? Probably high school, college pro, uh, it was me when I played in, you know, flag for, you know, yeah. flag football intramurals. I wanted the ball. I get it. Exactly. Everyone wants the ball. But, um, you know, I think that we, we really have built a, a great foundation in that room. Um, and that starts with Mike and Chris. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, it's not an issue for us. You know, Tom's going to do a great job of, of spreading the ball around. Um, and as long as we keep that mindset, uh, you know, spoke about, when we first started this conversation, um, everything's going to be fine. All right. Well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Kevin Garver brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You are listening to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We are here with wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Um, you know, we were talking about Mike and, and how there were times he was the only one playing and you just, you had so many injuries. It was, I was feeling so bad for you at certain points that here you have all these weapons and then they're all going down. There were practices that all four of your top guys are out. How did you handle that as, as a coach that when there have been so many injuries to your room, what, what does that do to affect your game planning and how do you make those decisions on who needs to play? You know, is Mike Evans at 80% better than this guy at 100%? You know, just take us through those decisions. Um, working with BA uh, for a lot of years now, he's always carried this mindset of next man up. And um, we believe in that. And I think we prepare and train for that. Uh, so when those guys were missing, 
uh, in, in a certain degree, we didn't, we didn't skip a beat. And, uh, you know, it was really nice to see guys like Scotty step up and make plays. Uh, guys like Mickens to come in and, uh, you know, pick up some of the slack and uh, really Jay Watt and some of these other guys have really had to step up and, and, and play for us. Um, I think that they did a phenomenal job of, of handling that, um, you know, every week. And how do you see um, Mike now that he does seem to be back to 100%? Maybe when did that happen? And just overall, how have you seen that, you know, teams have been playing him and his potential moving forward now that he is finally healthy after struggling with that for so much of the season? Yeah, so he was battling through uh, his injury and, and uh, a lot like Chris, you know, really tried to tough through uh, some of those things he was dealing with. And I think, you know, we're, we're pretty close to him being full tilt now. Um, you know, hasn't really bothered him really the last week or two. Uh, so we're just going to continue to, uh, you know, put him in, in position to make plays. And, um, you know, looking forward to seeing where we go the, the second half of the season. Uh, but I do think that he's a great player. And, and every time he's on the field, he's given us an opportunity to win the game. Yeah, and even when there were games he wasn't getting very many catches or yards, he was still getting touchdowns. That I mean, this guy is just like a magnet to the end zone. And and overall, the team has been doing incredible. I mean, that the streak finally came to an end on Sunday, but 22 for 22 on goal-to-go touchdowns is unbelievable. So maybe explain why Mike in particular is so effective in maybe those goal-to-go situations, getting in the end zone, and then the offense overall, how you guys have had that kind of success. Well, we put a lot of time into the red zone, a lot of, uh, a lot of walkthroughs. We do extra walkthroughs just to get the extra looks. Um, starting on Thursday, Fridays uh, is really when we get our red zone work in. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, specifically with Mike, I think his size has a lot to do with it. His size, his skill set, his ability to uh, uh, release and, and position uh, uh, defenders. I think that that really is, uh, puts him in an advantage in, in certain situations. He's got some long arms, uh, stretch Armstrong, you know, at, at times for sure. Um, but uh, I think that, that that really helps him in those situations. And when Chris Godwin, you know, was out and when he's missed time and, and when he's fought back to be in, explain what his presence does for the offense in ways other than just the catches that he makes, that all of the different things he brings to the table from blocking to just what it forces defenses to have to do. Um, and I, I just feel like I hear Coach Arians talk about Chris's blocking as much, if not more, than his pass catching. And, and he's pretty dang good at the pass catching part. <laughs> It goes back to his toughness. Uh, to me, I see Chris as a uh, complete receiver. Um, he's got ability uh, to block. He, he's not afraid to, you know, stick his face in there. And, and really, there's times that, you know, over the last two years, he's been matched up on not some ideal situations, whether that's defensive ends or linebackers or uh, the safeties or corners, and, and really has held his own in those situations. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's big and not every receiver is willing to do that. Uh, but then he's got a certain quickness to him off the line of scrimmage that, uh, I think is hard to cover. And, and then you add the size into it. Uh, so he's not really, he can't really get pushed around too much. And then he's got great hands, phenomenal hands. Uh, and really I think about Chris too. He's such a great leader. And I think that he's, he's continuing to learn and grow. Uh, in that uh, perspective. And like I said, really just complete, complete receiver to me. 
And we're talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver here. Um, Scotty Miller, he's also dealt with some injuries. Um, where do you see him at in terms of health and uh, how those injuries sort of affected what he was able to do and, and just the, how impressed you've been that he's still had some pretty incredible games even when he also wasn't 100% healthy? Yeah, keep progressing with him. Just week in, week out, just continue to get better, uh, continue to practice, continue to show up in the games. Uh, and I think that he's done a phenomenal job uh, mentally just staying locked in as he deals with the things that he deals with. Um, and, and he's still been able to produce on, on Sunday and uh, step up when he needs to step up. And how about Tyler Johnson? This is a guy that, again, we talked about the lack of you know, off season the way it would normally be. And I've just, I've been so impressed with all these rookies and what they've had to come in and, and deal with. Um, how impressed have you been with his readiness in spite of the fact that not only did he miss all that off season because of COVID, then he came in and was hurt for such a big portion of camp. Um, where is he at in terms of you feeling like he is made up for that time? And, and, and what has it been like to watch him try to get ready despite all of those obstacles? It was definitely a, a challenging uh, off season with these guys. Yeah, I felt like we made the most of it. Uh, all we could do is do the Zoom or FaceTime uh, meetings, which were was definitely interesting. Um, you know, dealing with with some of that stuff. I'm sure as a lot of people had to deal with uh, just the technical aspects of it. Uh, but it was really good, really good off season. Definitely from a mental standpoint, uh, understanding what to do, uh, what is what his responsibilities were going to be. Uh, how he was going to fit into the offense. Uh, but there was the other part of it that he did miss out on, and that was actually doing it. And uh, really in the receiver room, you see that, uh, that that's really big, right? That's probably every position. But I definitely see in that room uh, those guys learn more by actually doing it than seeing it on film. They learn some stuff from that for sure, uh, but they got to actually get out there. They got to do it. It helps them operate faster. Uh, when they're in those situations. And then coming in and, and uh, being banged up a little bit in early in training camp, I think set them back to a certain degree and uh, really had to just progress through the season and kind of learn under fire. But the thing that I've been impressed with him is, is he doesn't make a lot of mental mistakes, which is hard to do as a rookie. And then the things that we do talk about, I see him get those things corrected. And uh, so I think that those things are, are, are really big uh, for for really any year, right? I mean, it might be your fifth year, uh, but to see that as, as a rookie, I think that's huge. And tell us what makes him an effective playmaker, because um, if you, this is, I think he's probably a good example of why you don't just use the combine as a way to uh, judge people. He didn't, he didn't exactly set the, the 40 time on fire. Uh, so some of those things that you tend to assume will make a good wide receiver he didn't have in some of those measurables, but he just somehow finds ways to, to still make plays. Explain what it is about him that, that lets him do that. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we definitely like speed around here, uh, but it's not all about speed. And I think the thing that you saw on Tyler uh, is that he did play fast. And, you know, when you went in and evaluated his film, he was making plays all over the place. Uh, he really had great hands, really sure hands uh, in college. Um, I thought that he did a good job of, uh, you know, creating separation at the line of scrimmage, creating separation at the top of his routes. And I think a lot of those things have carried over for him. There's still little things, uh, techniques, things that, that uh, we continue to work on and we continue to work on with everybody. Uh, but those were probably the biggest things that, that stood out with me. 
And how long before you felt like Brady had the kind of connection with the guys in your room that he wanted, or, or is it there yet? You know, where, where are you guys at on that? Of, again, missing so much time in the off season. How long did it take before it felt like, all right, we're on the same page. We, we've got that chemistry. Tom did a great job in the off season of, of getting the guys together. Um, he's, he's a pro, right? I mean, he's a pro. He knows uh, what it should look like. He knows how to handle business. Uh, so I think that he did a great job of, of developing those relationships, uh, developing the timing that it takes. Uh, the, they put the time in uh, even when we weren't able to be here. Uh, so I think that they, they managed those things well and, and tried to do those things as safely as they could. Um, and, you know, you just continue the first year, you know, with a new quarterback, a new system for him. It's going to take a little bit of time to work on those things, right? I mean, he's been—he was at New England for a long time, uh, played in their system for a long time, played with a lot of uh, those receivers that he was with for a long time. Uh, so, it, it, when you're talking about the quarterback and receiver, those things take a little bit. Uh, but I think that we're in a great place. I think that he really understands uh, each one of the guys that he's throwing to. I think he understands what they're capable of, um, and, and really believes in those guys. And what is it like for you to be working with a quarterback that can almost be so much of a coach on the field where I've, I've heard him be giving these little tips and, and things to the guys about their route and how he wants them to do it. Um, what is that like for you as a coach to, to have a quarterback like that that you're working with? It's been great. Uh, it's been great. I think that uh, he knows what he wants. He knows where he wants guys to be. Uh, I think him and Byron have a great relationship. Uh, they work extremely well together. Um, so I think that that, that helps uh, a lot in it also. Uh, but I, I've learned a lot from Tom, and I think it's been great to, to be around. Uh, I mean, I believe in communication. I believe on being in the same, being on the same page. Uh, and I think I see that with Tom. So we're, we definitely have, you know, conversations on the field or we're running a particular route, uh, you know, just check with him and make sure that's, that's how he sees it. And, and we kind of work through those things together. And what have you seen from Byron Leftwich getting to be in the second year of the offense? You know, what he has um, learned and grown in, in in those two years and then the ways that the whole all of the offensive players who were here last year benefited from that continuity going from last year to this year with him. Yeah, having having a year uh, under your belt as, as a unit uh, is huge. I saw that uh, in Arizona making that transition from our first year to the second year uh, and the confidence that guys had. Uh, to play because uh, there's, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff that you have to learn, so many little things that you have to learn. Uh, so I think that's huge. Uh, and I think Byron's done a, a great job of seeing it as a whole, seeing the big picture, uh, understanding the guys that we have, understanding the quarterback that we have. Uh, I think he, he brings such a great perspective of playing the position. Um, you know, he did it on Sundays at the highest level. And so I think that he really – Really understands that. I uh, saw it with uh, Jameis uh, last year. Saw it with, with Tom. Um, you know, this year really tries to put those guys uh, in the best situation as far as what they do and what they do well. And uh, so I think that he's, he's really good uh, at, at doing that. 
All right. Well, we have one more segment coming up on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health with wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. So don't go anywhere. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. We are here with wide receiver coach Kevin Garver. Um, Wanted to talk a little bit about some of the guys that are the lesser known wide receivers on the team. We've talked a lot about Mike and Chris and Scotty, and, and we even mentioned Tyler. Uh, how about how about Justin Watson? Um, I know that it seemed like, unfortunately, he was sort of in the musical chairs game, the odd man out now that Antonio Brown came this last Sunday. But um, what have you seen in terms of his wide receiver contributions? We know that special teams has definitely been a, a big part of his role on this roster, but um, what he can bring in, in both of those areas and, and the benefits to your room. If you're on the team, uh, you have a role. And uh, he has a role. I think he understands that role. Um, obviously it's a tough situation when you have a deep wide receiver room and you kind of look at it week to week if you're in the uh, back end uh, of the rotation. Uh, but the one thing that I can say about Justin is, is I trust him. And I think that really that started from our time together at the beginning. He's a really sharp guy, a really smart guy, really understands what to do. And he's a guy that I, I trust in those situations to, to be in the right spot and, and to execute um, you know, I, I think that it was uh, a little bit tough in some degree not having an off season, uh, but I think that he did a great job of handling that. Uh, I think that he came back in great, great condition. I think that he really had a good training camp, and I think that he put him in it, himself in a good situation. Uh, you know, to be be in the conversation, to be in the talk, to be in the rotation. Uh, but I think that he handles himself uh, professionally. Comes to work every day. Really really works extremely hard. And how about Jaden Mickens and Cyril Grayson? Um, again, same thing, of especially with Jaden on the, the special teams contributions, but uh, the two of those guys and, and the roles they've been asked to play, they, I mean, they've, they've had uh, some big roles in some games already, especially we saw a lot of Jaden in that Monday night game against the Giants. And, and what do each of them bring? Two guys that uh, came to us at the uh, end of the year last year, uh, just really interesting with them. They came in, and, and uh, Coach L and I were, were really full bore, just in the playbook and, and extra walkthroughs and all that stuff. And, and then they had an opportunity at the end of the year to, uh, to play a little bit, and uh, I think they handled those things well. Uh, Cyril got uh, you know, hurt early on in the game of that last, that last game of the season. Uh, but I think it was good uh, for them coming back, it was good for for them having a a, a real off season instead of a, a you know one week crash course of, of the offense. So I think that they came back with a lot more confidence and and very similar to Jay Watt, both of those guys had really good training camps, and uh, so that's why both of those guys are, were here. Uh, I think that both of those guys really you know handled the backup role extremely well, uh, putting the time in. Uh, really understanding all the positions. We, we try to cross-train guys, uh, and, and really my goal is for, for them to know all the positions. Not every guy is going to be able to handle that, uh, but I think that those three guys um, really really did a, a really good job in, uh, in really putting the time in. Even though they knew they weren't playing, they had to prepare as if they were playing. And then so when the time did come during the season, it's, it's not a, oh, crap, it's time to play. It's, hey, I've been, I've been in this mindset uh, since week one. And uh, so I think, again, I think all three of those guys did a phenomenal job of doing that. 
And that's uh, something that uh, we definitely try to do with our guys. We're talking to wide receiver coach Kevin Garver, and uh, you have the Panthers a second time around. You're, you're doing the, the second round sweep here of the division. Uh, how have you seen them change, grow, improve since the first matchup um, all, all around as a team? And then, of course, especially in the areas that will affect your guys. When you look at them and you looked at them week one, you know, really a, a young team, uh, a, lot of, a lot of new faces on their team. Uh, a lot of a lot of faces, you know, a lot of guys had left. A lot of good players had left for them. Uh, so really, really, especially defensively, really, uh, really young. But I think that they they've done a really good job, uh, really progressed through, uh, throughout the year. I think that they've gained a lot of confidence. I think they're really playing well uh, as a team. A lot of tight games, a lot of a lot of games that they probably should have won. Uh, so I think it's going to be a, a, a tough matchup for us. Um, and I think we're going to have to get after them. Uh, we're going to have to put the work in. We're going to have to execute, um, and we're going to have to make some plays. And then we can close with this. I saw that you were nominated to the Athletics 40 Under 40 list uh, this last offseason of what they called the young uh, up-and-coming people of the league, sh- helping shape the direction of the league. What was that like for you to get to be nominated for that? And then I also imagine that maybe knowing how a team works, that some guys gave you a little bit of grief about, about some of this. Yeah, a little bit. My my wife was was excited and all proud, you know, wanted to send it out to all the family and all that. Uh but no, it's it's a uh it's a great honor. You know, it's 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 uh it's nice to be recognized. Um, you know, but really doesn't change much for me. Just I try to have the same approach. Uh, you know, try to treat people the right way, uh try to put the work in and I know at the end of the day that it's in God's hands and whatever he has for me, that's what'll happen. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Uh, congratulations on that honor and uh, good luck this next week as you face the Panthers. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thanks for all of you guys for joining us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians and wide receiver coach Kevin Garver brought to you by Evan Health. We'll see you next week. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians has been brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. This is Tampa Bay's Sports Radio. 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best box coverage. Doing our part to help put you in a better mood when you need it most. And hey, in the end, at least we have football. This is the home of the best box coverage in Tampa Bay. 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Home of the best box coverage.